0: You're listening to audio from Queen City Church. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message will encourage you and offer practical steps for a relationship with God that keeps getting better and better. Today, we are in the fourth and final week of a series called Loud and Clear, a series where we have been talking about how to hear God's voice. And I hope and I pray that this series has really stirred up some hunger inside of you to hear the voice of God. In fact, here's what I've been praying for you from Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. It says, trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. And this is what I've been praying, is that you listen for God's voice in everything you do and everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. And throughout this series, we've been answering very important questions around this topic. And in week one, we talked about why does God still speak? In week two, we answered the question, how do I put myself in position to hear God's voice? Now, last week, we talked about how do I know that it's God's voice? And this week, if you're taking notes, which I hope you are, I want to answer this question as we end this series, what could keep me from hearing God's voice? That's how we want to put a bow on this series, is answering this question, what could keep me? From hearing God's voice. And I want you to notice that the question today is not what would keep God from speaking? Because I believe with all my heart that God is speaking. In fact, that I believe that he is speaking loud and clear. But just because he's speaking, that doesn't mean that we're always listening. In fact, let me put it this way. God doesn't have a speaking problem, but sometimes we may have a hearing problem. (laughs) Now, think about this for a second. Right now, there are tons of radio waves that are going throughout the air right now. Like right now, there are songs from every genre that are right now just in the air. That right now, there's pop songs and there's hip-hop songs and there's country songs that right now there's contemporary Christian songs, that right now there's like some 70s hard rock. Come on, baby, like it's, it's there. We got some 80s hair bands, some 90s, uh, let's see, some 90s boy bands that are right now, that are in the air right now. There's probably some even some sports talk radio that's happening right now where they're talking about how the Bengals are gonna win the AFC championship and they're breaking that down. And Right now all that right now is in the air. Even though you can't hear it, it's still there. But if you had one of these, which this week just took me back. I mean, this, just, this took me back right to high school. I'm telling you, some of y'all, y'all don't even know what this is. This is called a radio. Back in the day, we used to call this a boombox. And uh, we would just carry these around. You'd always have one of these inside of your room. I mean, this right now, it is taking me back to so many just hours that I spent in my room trying to be cool high school student, listening to Jars of Clay, DC Talk, the Fuji Score. Come on. And just, but everybody would have one of these. And if you had one of these and you just, don't forget this pow. What y'all know about that? And if you had one of these, even though that those things are in the air right now, if you had a radio, if you had a boombox, and you turned this bad boy on, let's see if we can get that. By the way, I have no clue what's about to be played, so don't judge me. Okay, so. Oh. Oh, yeah. You got some country that's in the air right now. Right now, there is... Oh, come on. Oh, that is so good right there. Come on. We'll just feel this for a minute. Let me see. Oh, yeah. Just stick it out there. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Okay. One more. Let's go one more. Let's go one more. Oh, I can't stop it early. This is too good. Come on, Eric. Come on, church. Yes, come on. Come on, the group directory just launched. Get a group come on. We refuse to live life alone. Yeah. Okay. 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 How do I turn this off? Oh my goodness. Okay. There we go. Now here, here, here's the point. Here's the point. Like all those things were in the air before all of them. That was in the air, but we couldn't hear it. We needed something that helped us like tune in to the right frequency. And now here's the point. God is speaking. He is. He's speaking loud and clear. But sometimes we're not tuned in to the right frequency. And Jesus, he actually talks about this in Luke chapter 8. Listen to what it says. He tells a parable starting in verse 5. He says that a farmer, he went out to plant his seed. And as he scattered it across the field, some seed fell on a footpath where it was stepped on and the birds ate it. And other seeds fell among rocks. It began to grow, but the plant soon wilted and died for lack of moisture. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up with it and choked out the tender plant. Still, other seed fell on fertile soil, good soil. And this seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as had been planted. This says this in verse 11. He goes on to explain it. He said this, is the meaning of the parable. The seed is God's word. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message only to have the devil come and take it from them, from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. The seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while, then they fall away when they face temptation. The seeds that fell among The thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the cares and the riches and the pleasures of this life, and so they never grow into maturity. And the seeds that fell on the good soil represents honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. Now, in these verses, we see the same exact seed which represents God's word, that could be his written word, that could be his spoken word. We see the same exact seed received four different ways. And if you read through it, you'll see that only one of the four soils actually produces the intended harvest and the intended fruit. So when I look at this, I see three things that could keep us from hearing God's word, three things that would keep us from producing the harvest that God wants to produce in your life from his words, three different things that could keep us from tuning in to the right frequency. And here's the first thing I see is a crowded life, a crowded life. And by the way, I'm going in reverse order from the scripture. I see a crowded life. This was the seeds that fell on the thorns. We see this in verse 14. It says, the seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly, that message, God's word, is crowded out by the cares and the riches and the pleasures of this life, so they never grow into maturity. And see, this represents just a packed, nonstop, always on the go life. A life with no margin whatsoever, you're constantly on the go, constantly doing things, always got something on. It's like this professional plate spinner life where you always have these seven, eight plates that are going at all times, where you're always in a hurry, always in a rush, always busy, like always just maxed out. It's always where like your favorite, most common answer to how are you doing is just, I'm so busy it's like we wear that as like this badge of honor. Guess what? I'm busy. Yeah, I'm busy. You're busy? Yes, we're all busy. And it's where life can be so loud. And the truth is, it's hard to hear God when life is always like that. It's it's hard to hear God when you're always in a hurry, always on the go, always busy, always with no margin. It's hard to hear God when it's so loud. In fact, I love these two verses in 1 Kings chapter 19, where Elijah gets told this by God. This is what it says. God says, go out and stand before me on the mountain. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. Imagine how loud that is. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were turned loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake even scarier, even louder, even more chaotic. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. It goes on to say, that was God, that gentle whisper. And listen, church, to hear a whisper You need proximity and silence. You need to be close and you need to be quiet. Now, I believe with all my heart that God is speaking to you, regardless of where you are in your spiritual journey. I believe that God is speaking to you, but your life may be so crowded, so busy, so loud that you simply can't hear those whispers. So what do we do? How can we hear those whispers? Psalm 4610 says, be still and know that I am God. Underline that that phrase, be still. Because in the original language, that word, that, that means to take your hands off. It means to relax. It means to take a breath. And God says, hey, you wanna hear my voice? You wanna hear my whispers? Every now and then, it's not bad to be busy, but every now and then, be still, relax, take your hands off of your life and your schedule for a moment and know that I'm God. So practically, how do we do this? Let me just tell you with the short amount of time that I have, the best way to do this, the way that I would pastorally encourage you is to have a daily consistent time with God. That is the best way that I know how to be still and know that he's God, to have a consistent daily time with God, where you spend personal time with God every single day, where you pick up this book and let him speak to you, where you talk to him and you, like we just call it prayer, but all it is is just talking to him maybe turning on a worship song and right where you're at, in your room, in your car, lifting up the name of Jesus, that we need that time. It's so important. And I wanna encourage you with this, schedule that time. Like schedule, put it in your calendar and intentionally guard it. See, I do that. You can go to my calendar right now. And in my calendar, I have my time with God. I call it my devos. I have my time with God calendar. Why? Because if I was gonna spend time with you, and if we made some plans in the lobby after church and like, hey, let's go grab coffee this week. Okay, cool. What day? Let's set up a time. Let's set up a place. We would put it in our calendars and you know what I would do? I would guard it all week. I wouldn't let anybody else take that time because I would be so rude if I did that, if I just didn't show up. And let me just say, I love you and I would do that for you, but I also need to do that for God. It's so important. Here's what I've learned. Close relationships are closed for a reason. There's always intentionality behind that. I promise you, you're never close to somebody you just every now and then occasionally bump into. You're not, you know what? We're so close. I have no plans to ever see them or talk to them. However, eventually we'll bump into each other and that's my boy. You know, like, no. (laughs) Like, that's not how relationships work. So every single day, spend time with God. Be still and know that he's God. And I believe that he'll speak to you. You'll hear his whispers. So what's one way that we can not tune in to what? To to not hear God? It's a busy life. Here's a second way that I see is an immature relationship, an immature relationship. That's the seeds that fell on the rocky soil. And just so we're on the same page, when I say an immature relationship, I mean that a relationship that hasn't yet had the chance to grow, to mature, to establish deep roots. And this happens in all our relationships. In fact, that happened in my relationship with my wife, Heather. On our first date, in August 2002, when we went to go see the Mel Gibson's classic, Signs. You Remember that movie? It's kind of scary, it's smart, just so I can, I I got you, girl, I got you. Remember the end, like, swing away, swing away, yes. Swing away. (laughs) I paid for it, by the way, just so you know, guys. Take notes. It also was a matinee. Uh, I wanted to just, I just wanted to establish right off the bat that you were dating an economically responsible man right here. And, uh, and uh, on, on that first date in August 2002, like our relationship wasn't mature. But now, almost 20 years later, including 17 and a half years of marriage, our relationship is very mature. And in Luke chapter 8, verse 13, Jesus, he kind of puts it this way, that the seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy. But since they don't have those deep roots, they believe for a while, but they fall away when they face temptation. In other words, that the soil isn't deep enough for that seed and God's word to really take root and mature. And maybe you're here today and deep down, you hear that and you're like, that's what my relationship with God is feels like maybe recently you've made the decision to follow jesus and you've given your life to him maybe that's even maybe you've gone all in with god over the past year but that's what it feels like it feels like man like i love god i've received jesus but i don't know his voice my relationship with it it doesn't feel like i have those roots yet and let me just say this if that's you please hear this That is totally understandable. That is totally understandable. It's a new relationship. And it's just like the story that we covered in week two of this series in 1 Samuel chapter three. Remember we talked about Samuel and that he kept hearing God's voice, but he didn't know it was God's voice. It's because he didn't have that relationship yet. But if you keep reading in 1 Samuel, and this encouraged me so much this week, like you'll see that, his relationship with God, that it didn't stay that way. It didn't just stay that way where he still didn't know that it was God's voice. Look at how much things change six chapters later in 1 Samuel chapter nine. Same guy that couldn't hear. In verse 15 through 17, it says, now the Lord had told Samuel the previous day about this time tomorrow, I'll send a man from the land of Benjamin, anoint him to be the leader of my people Israel. He will rescue them from the Philistines for I've looked down all my people in mercy and have heard their cry. And so when, when Samuel saw Saul, by the way, uh, try to say that real fast. Uh, that got me when we were doing run through, we kind of run through all the slides and I was like, Samuel saw Saul. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <he> just. <laughs> and so, so when Samuel saw Saul, the Lord said, the Lord said, and Samuel heard it. That's the man I told you about. He will rule my people such a difference. In six short chapters, he goes from this immature relationship where like, I don't even hear, like I hear something, but I don't know it's God, to six chapters later, he is being led and hearing God to do this and to do that. No, I hear you so confidently and so clearly. And by the way, you read that, it changes the nation because he's hearing God's voice. It grew, it changed. See, when I gave my life to Jesus on June 25th, 1999, at that time, I couldn't recognize God's voice. And for years, I struggled and I battled with so much insecurity, so much uncertainty around this topic. Like for such a long time, I'd be like, I I think I heard God, I don't know. So much uncertainty, so much insecurity in that. But let me just tell you now, after 22 plus years of walking with God, of pursuing God, of following God in every area of my life, of for, of of like diving into what he says and letting this book get all up in me and reading about who he is and his character after so many times of submitting my life to God and just getting closer and closer to God, I can confidently stand in front of you with moral authority and say, I know God's voice and you can too. So let me just speak that over you. If you are new in your faith, you can hear God. You can. And that's one of the many reasons why we say in the mission of our church, which says we exist to reach all people and teach them to have a relationship with God that gets better and better. And let me just tell you one of the many reasons why our relationship with God gets better and better. The longer you are, the better it gets. Here's, why, here's one of the many reasons why. Because his voice gets clearer and clearer. And so maybe your relationship with God right now, it just isn't mature because you're just new to a relationship with God. That's totally understandable. Or maybe you're here, and let me just say, this is gonna be strong. But I feel like I have to say it the way that God told me to say it. Or maybe your relationship with God isn't mature because you haven't grown up spiritually Maybe you have been saved for 10, 15 years, but you're just living year one over and over and over again. Like you're saved, like you're going to heaven, but like you're not living the life that God really wants for you. This life that he describes in John 10 10 as a more and better life. Like you're saved but like there's, there's, there's parts of your life that you've given to God, but there's this whole other part where it's like, God, I don't want you to have this. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm not all in, but I'm sorta in. And it's just keeping God at an arm's length. And maybe you've even had this thought at some point, like, you know what? I'm, I'm just not being fed enough. Maybe your spiritual diet right now, and it has been for a while, is coming to church one hour a week. And that is the, the whole amount of diet that you're having. And you're thinking, I'm just not being fed enough. I love you enough to tell you this truth. If you only eat once a week, you'll be malnourished. No matter how good that one meal is. If that happened physically, that's just not enough. You need more. You need more. A sign of maturity is that you feed yourself. Think about it. Right now, Heather and I have two little boys, 10 and seven. And they still, like if we don't feed them, they're in trouble. Like I think they wouldn't make it if we didn't. Like we gotta feed them everything. Like they can't operate stuff. They can't can't throw stuff in the stove. Like that would be bad. Like we have to, to, to feed them. But there should be a time in Jesus' name where they should be able to feed themselves. So listen you need this. Don't get me wrong. Don't hear that. Like, Hey, you just need to just be by yourself and read the Bible. And that's it. You're good. No, we need this. I need this. You need this. We need this. This is important. We need this, but you need more than this. You need the public. You need the big, but you need the private. You need the intimate. You need to spend time with God solo. Like you need community. You need life giving relationships with people that are rowing in the same direction of the life life that you want. You need people that make you better. You need to have environments where you take off the mask that you are real and say, here's what's going on in my life. Can somebody help me? Can somebody pray for me? And that's why we do groups. Let me tell you, you need to be able to discover how God made you. That there is a purpose over your life. And maybe you've never found out what that is. You need to figure out what that is. And we help you with that in GrowTrack. You know what? You need to be able to make life not only about you. You need to serve people. You need to get on mission with a group of people and let's change this city. Let's make it. And that's why we do Dream Team. Like you, you need this, but you need more than this. And let me just tell you, like, Growing up playing sports, there was times, I called it on the knee. There'd be times where it'd be the locker room, you'd just be on the knee, and your coach would just give it to you. You know what I'm saying? Come on, my athletes in here, you just sit there, you just lock eyes. You just, I got it, coach. I got it. Let I me. Mean, it's just me being a coach. You know why? Because I love you. I care about you. I want the best for your life. I want, to, I, want, I want you to live the life that God had. And so that's me saying, hey guys, let's go, let's go. It's time, it's time, let's, let's move forward. Let's grow, let's, let's take some steps. Let's do that together. Come on, you need it, I need it, we all need to grow. We all can keep growing. Let's keep doing that. And by the way, let me just tell you right now, that right now, if you feel any guilt or shame, let me just tell you right now, in Jesus' name, I break and rebuke every guilt, shame, and condemnation. Off of your life and anything that you feel, because that is not my intent and that is not what should be. But I unapologetically ask you to lean into every bit of conviction from the Holy Spirit right now. That He says, Hey, it's time. Come on, I got some good things for you. We need to do that. Come on, you don't have to have it all figured out. Just take a step. Just take a step. Don't wait. Take a step. Do Grow Track today. We'll be done by the game. Promise you. Do that. Like, go out and actually. Sign up for a group. Do that. Let's go. Let's do it. You've never been baptized? Get baptized next week. Just start. Take a step. Let's grow. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11 gets all up in my grill. And it says this When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, and I put away those things, I put away those childish things. Now, um, I've been hanging out a lot. With Mr. Maverick Cruz Miller. Uh, Nat and Jazz is amazing. Yeah, come on, my little turkey right there. You see that? (laughs) That's a recent picture. Actually, this week, we got to spend a whole day with Maverick. It was so much fun. And um, this was the extent of my conversation this week with Maverick. Um, This is kind of our our normal flow. I'll be like, hey, buddy. (gasps) My man, how you doing? But how's my little man doing? Like, what are you doing, you silly goose? Oh, you are a goose that's silly. That's who you are. Yes, you're <laughs> a good boy. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. You're a good boy. And then I'll then I'll take him and I'll be like, "Come on, let's work on your thighs, buddy." And I'll start bouncing him like bum baga bum boom, bum boom, bum boom, bum boom, bum boom, 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 bum boom, boom, And I'll just kind of bounce him and do that. I'll be like, "You say dad da Dada. I say you say mama. Come on, say mama first. Say mama. I'll say can you say Brian? (laughs) Brian? I say say, you say. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm not sure if you know this or not, but I can actually communicate a whole lot better than that. (laughs) But that's all that he can receive right now. And hopefully, when he grows up, I won't be talking to him like that anymore. Because <laughs> that would be probably the most awkward thing ever. He's like 16. I'm like, let's work on them thighs, big guy. Boom, chicka, boom. You know, it's like. <laughs> Pictures in my mind right now, bro. Here's the point, here's the point. Some of you, maybe right now, you're, you're dissatisfied with the level of communication that you have with God. And maybe that's not on God. In fact, I believe that he wants to have some grown-up, sophisticated conversation with you. So maybe it's not on him, but maybe he's waiting on you to grow up a bit spiritually. So, you, you good? Okay, we good? Okay. Okay. Um, what could keep us from hearing God's voice? Help us, keep us from tuning in to the right frequency. One, a crowded life. Two, an immature relationship. And then number three, let's end with this, a hard heart. A hard heart. Now this represents the seed that fell on the footpath. And one of the biggest ways that i found not to tune in to God's frequency is a hard heart. I read this yesterday in my personal time with God in Exodus seven twenty two. it says, Pharaoh's heart remained hard he refused to listen. And I wrote in my journal that a hard heart led to closed ears. And we see this in verse 12. It says that that the seeds that fell on the rock hard footpath represented those who hear the message only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. In other words, that your heart is so hard that the seed, that God's word, his voice just bounces right off. And when I ask God, like, What should I share at this point? I felt like he said, just share about the times where you've had a hard heart. That there's been times where my heart has been very hard to where the seed would just bounce right off. And um, in my life, I found that there's two main themes that every time I've had a hard heart, a lot of times it's for these two reasons. And the first is unforgiveness. Every time, that I've held on to unforgiveness and hurt, offense, bitterness. It's led to a hard heart that really kept me from hearing God. And I think that's why Jesus says this in Mark chapter 11, verse 25, where he says, but when you are praying, like before we talk, first forgive anyone that you're holding a grudge against because your heart may be hard. Now listen, some of you, have experienced some awful things, like some things that are wrong. You've been hurt, you've experienced pain, you've had things done to you, you've had things said about you, you've experienced some really awful bad things and people have seriously hurt you. And I'm so sorry. And in no way am I minimizing anything that has happened to you. But as your pastor, who loves you and only wants what's best for you, like you have to forgive. Like your unforgiveness is not hurting them, but it is hurting you. I've heard it said that like unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Now, forgiving them doesn't mean that what they did was right. And forgiving them doesn't mean that your relationship has to be fully restored. That just means you let it go that you're releasing control, that you're trusting God with whatever happened. And when you do this, get this, you're the one that goes free, not them. Matthew chapter 18, read it. It says that unforgiveness is like putting yourself in a personal prison. But when you forgive, you're the one that goes free in that, and it keeps you from having a hard heart so that you can hear God. And then the second time in my life where I know that I've experienced a hard heart is first is unforgiveness, the second is unrepented sin. And notice I just didn't say sin, I said unrepented sin. And there's a big difference because we all sin. The Bible actually says in Romans chapter 3 that we all sin. And just so you know, you look around. There's a bunch of sinners up in this room right now. Well, we got issues. We make mistakes. Nobody in here is perfect. I'm not perfect. I will never come and try to portray myself as a perfect person. I will always try to point you to the perfect Savior. But none of us are perfect. We all sin. We see it in Romans 3. But some of us, maybe even right now, we have unrepented sin. And see, unrepented sin is any sin that I refuse to give to God. And every time that I've had unrepented sin, things that I'm not willing to give him, it like creates this barrier between me and God. Almost like this separation, almost like that there's a wall between me and God. That's because sin always separates. That's what it does. Sin separates. In fact, in Isaiah chapter 59, In verse two, it says, it's your sins that have cut you off, that have separated you from God. So if that's you, what do you do? How can you change that? Here's the good news. God's already done most of the heavy lifting. Like God sent his one and only son, Jesus, to pay for those sins, to close that gap that our sin creates. So he does almost all of the heavy lifting, but we still have a part to play we still have to do this one thing, and it's a word a lot of people don't like, and it's this, this Christianese word that feels very harsh and judgmental, and it's this word, repent. That's the part that we need to play, is repent. And I know that there's a lot of baggage around that word, but let me just tell you, it's a beautiful word. It is such a life-giving word because In Romans chapter two, verse four, it says that God's kindness, not his harsh, not his judgment, not his anger, God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. So that's not a bad word at all. In fact, the word repent, it literally means to change your mind, which leads to a change in direction. Here's what it looks like. It's I'm going this way. I'm living my life this way. I'm making this mistake, I'm thinking this way. I have this habit, I have this addiction, I have this in my life. And then through God's grace, he gives us revelation that that's not what his life that he has for us is intended. That he has something so much better than this and this direction. He's like, I, there's a whole another direction that I have for you. And so I recognize that. And more than just saying I'm sorry, we say, God, I repent. Will you change my mind on that thing that I don't have to go this way anymore, that there is something better. Let me change my mind. This internal change, which then leads to an external turn. It's an inside out change. I change my mind, which leads to a change in my direction. Now I'm walking towards this way. I'm walking towards the direction that you have for my life. The plans that you have that are so much better than the ways that I was. That's what it looks like. And if that's you, maybe you are headed in this direction. Don't beat yourself up, just repent. Today, change your mind, change your direction. God will forgive you. That's what makes them so awesome, is that when you do that, God will say, I love you so much. In fact, if you wanna know how much God loves you, just look at the cross where Jesus says, I love you this much. He says, I love you this much. Like you will find nothing but grace and forgiveness. You will find like a better life. But it, that's what he already paid for. But we have to turn, we have to repent. And if we do, this is what he will do. I'll end with this verse, Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26. Here's what God will do. And I will give you a new heart and I'll put a new spirit in you. I will take out that stony, stubborn, hard heart and I will give you a tender, responsive heart. That's what God can do when we repent. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. And God, right now, we we position ourselves right now to hear your voice. And we ask God that we don't go through the motions over the next three minutes. God, right now we give you permission to speak into any area of our life. And so right where you're at, will you just have the courage to pray this prayer? Will you just ask God, God, what are you saying to me today? See, I believe that God has spoken something directly to your life, directly to your heart. And just ask him, what, what do you wanna say to me today? Maybe it was during worship. Maybe it was some part of the message. Maybe for you, like your life, you know, it's just too crowded. Maybe your relationship with God, you just feel so much conviction that it needs to grow. It needs to mature. Maybe you have a hard heart today. Maybe you're battling with unforgiveness or unrepented sin. Just whatever it is, ask him to speak. Ask him this, say, what does my response need to be to this message? Just have the courage to pray that prayer. What does my response need to be to this message? And if you're here and you know that you need to repent, you need to change your mind, you need to change your direction, you're going one way, but you know that God wants you to turn. I wanna invite you, that today you can get right with God, that you can today receive his love and his grace, his mercy, his forgiveness. You can have a fresh start today and maybe you have never made that decision. You've never given him your life or maybe you have in the past, but you've went off and you've done your own thing. And today you just need to turn. Today you need to get right with God. Today you need a fresh start. And if you're here, I want you to know that today you can repent. You can change your mind and you can change your direction. And we're not going to point you out. We're not going to make you come forward. We're not going to embarrass you in any way. All I want to do is I want to lead you in a prayer and this prayer, maybe you're watching online and you know, man, that's my decision today. I need to get right with God. And so whether that's for the very first time or it's all over again, I'm gonna count to three. And if that's you, you know that that's what God is speaking to you. It is time to get right with God. I want you to put your hand up in the air as a step of faith and say, include me in that prayer. I'm all in. If you're here and that's you on the count of three, boldly put your hand up in the air. One, two, three. If that's you, put it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? Yeah, I got you. It's awesome. Proud of you, proud of you, proud of you. It's awesome. I'm proud of you. You can put your hand down and just pray something like this: "Like Jesus, I love you. I, I need you, and I'm sorry that I've lived my life without you. I repent. I change my mind, which leads to a change in my direction. Will you come live inside me? And will you change me? Will you make me brand new? I surrender my whole life to you. I give you." my life, everything. I give you my life, not part, but all of it. And today I receive your grace. I receive your love, I receive your forgiveness. And today I make the decision, not just for today, not just for a month, not just for the rest of this year, but for the rest of my life, I choose to follow you. We are so grateful for Jesus. And because of what Jesus did, we can experience this moment right now. We are so grateful for Jesus. And it's through Jesus that we pray. And everybody said, amen. Church, can you clap your hands? Come on and celebrate with those that just made that decision. Oh, that's awesome. Never gets old. If there's anything in your life that we can pray for, please visit queencitypeople.com slash prayer. For the latest updates on our church, follow us on social media at Queen City People or visit queencitypeople.com.